welcome into the Worship Life Podcast with Mike Harland. I am your co-host, Brian Brown. And Mike, I'm really excited about uh, today's podcast because we've got a conversation you had recently with one of our favorite uh, worship leaders. Yeah, you know, I mean, there are, there are guys, there are a lot of guys on my list of people that I love and respect creatively, but I don't know anybody that I have more respect for than Paul Balash. He's he's just one of those guys that has a cloak of humility about him. Yes. He's done it for a long time and he's been consistent. He's written some of the most important modern songs that are being sung all over the world. And the guy is just a servant and and you know what in classic Paul Balash style uh, he reached out to me a few weeks ago and just said, "Hey Mike, how are you doing? How is Lifeway? What's going on with you guys?" and it kind of started this this uh, conversation, text conversation between me and Paul, where we've just periodically checked in on each other. And I just, in one of those conversations recently, said, hey, can we set up a time and let me just get a podcast with you? And uh, he came right back and said, absolutely, let's do that. And what our folks are about to hear is that conversation. I couldn't be more excited. All right, so let's get straight to it. Mike Harlan and Paul Balash on the Worship Life Podcast. Let's listen in. All right, I'm with my friend Paul Balash. Actually, I'm not with my friend Paul Balash. I I'm in Franklin, Tennessee, and he's in New York. But Paul, it's so good to talk to you today and spend a little time catching up with you. Hello, Mike. Great to see you and to hear from you. And uh, I just I just love love everything that you've done. We have so many mutual friends yes. and people that just. Um, oh, I'm not trying to flatter you or. But you're you're just a legend. You're just oh, a, a pastor, a pastor to so many pastors, and oh. uh, and I've been blessed and I've been on the receiving end of your heart for God and for the church and mm. for songwriters, and um, that's been awesome to watch over the years. And we've had a chance, not enough opportunity, yeah. really, to work yeah. together. But the few times that we have, it's, it's always been, been a blessing. It's been great, Paul. Yeah, you know, I, I always every time I think about the first time I met you. You had come by Lifeway. Your 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 publishing friends at that point had arranged us to meet and be together, and and uh, I've just I've been one of those guys out there that you had never met, but was I was using your songs in the churches where I was leading, and and uh, just such a big part of of my story is just watching the modern worship song develop, and you're one of those guys that began to bring. A, um, I, I, I say in the line of Keith Green. I know you know. Uh, I know. I know the story of that connection. But, but just bringing a modern day poetry to current music, and how that has found its way into the church. And I was one of those guys that was playing your songs long time ago, <laughs> longer than either one of us want to admit. But, but then to get to meet you, and um, after I came to Lifeway, fifteen years. That's been fifteen years ago since I came to Lifeway, but. Um, but after meeting you in person and then just getting to know you and just not being disappointed at all at the heart and the person that has been writing all those songs that I've been singing all those years. So so to get to talk to you today, is oh, it's always a privilege. Uh, you might remember you were at Lifeway one day uh, talking with me and um, you went around to every office in, on my team and got to meet everybody and prayed over our team. And I, and I mean, when you left that day, we felt like one of the apostles had come through there. <laughs> and, and you just left such an impression uh, on our team. And, and we're, I've, I've always been blessed by, by hanging wow. out with you. Wow. Well, that's neat. You know, 
um, that all of us have been blessed to have teams, even those those perhaps listening to this that are part of a ministry. There's a lot of people behind the scenes yeah. um, that help us do what we get to do. That oftentimes we're a bit more visible. We're on the platform. We're the ones doing that. But whether it's a local church or a publishing company or a Lifeway and different, yeah. I, I've just come to really appreciate the various gifts and the diversity uh, of people's uh, gifting and talent and how it really requires a team, you know? Yeah, um, that's true. That's right. There's no way we could do the things that we do without um, the other people that are in place doing what they do. So it's always fun to sort of touch base, get into an office, and just kind of <laughs> personally thank yeah. someone for doing something that, uh, you know, they don't get a lot of applause or That's pats right. on the back maybe. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I do remember that. I remember yeah, that, and so. I tell you what, I'll never forget what you said. And maybe somebody out there today needs to do something like this with the people that are a part of what your work is. But I'll never forget what you said to our team that day. You said, you said I'm out there leading worship, and I'm in churches and places where people are gathered to worship, and I'm leading that. And you guys are on a phone in a cubicle talking to churches on the phone. But if you weren't doing what you were doing, I couldn't do what I do. And and right. and our folks, man, when you left that day, they felt like a million bucks. And that and that's that's true for all of us. Is those people that we serve with that maybe aren't their their names in the aren't in the liner notes, or they're not. You know, they might not ever be seen, and yet mm-hmm. uh, if they weren't doing what they do, we, we couldn't have the opportunity to do what we do. I always think the Apostle Paul is such a great example of this when you read his letters, particularly Second Timothy, but all of them typically at some point in the, each letter he wrote, he's going to name some names of people that are with him, that are serving with him. He'll send greetings to people that used to serve with him. That Paul was all about his team all the time. And uh, I've always thought he was a great model for any ministry leader. To look, Read what Paul writes and what he says about the people he did ministry with. Yeah. And uh, let yeah. that be a lesson to all of us. Well, I got to sure. ask you, um, I follow you on Twitter, so I'm, I'm seeing things that you do and things that you say, and you're very engaging on that way and, and dropping observations in um you 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 are successful in avoiding political lightning rods i applaud you for that it's hard to do that these days but Mm -hmm. always Mm -hmm. trying to drop in some some biblical uh reference to reality but but Mm -hmm. you're walking through this COVID 19 thing from your seat up in new york which is maybe one of the epicenters of the world in terms of impact So, yeah. so just give us a little bit of your thoughts about the church inside this pandemic, what you're seeing happening that may be encouraging to you, or maybe some of the challenges the churches that you know as you watch <laughs> the church. You know, just wow. give us your view of what what what's happening right now with all of this. Yeah, uh, well, there's there's a question within a question there. Um, I, I'll just quickly address the. It's interesting the the political thing. Um, you know, I feel like there's a lot of traps and minefields that we can walk into. Yeah. And uh, I was a worship pastor at the same church in Texas for 25 years. Yeah. And, you know, every Sunday I'd get up there. I've been through many elections over the years, you know, in those. Yeah. Uh, during those years. And I'd look out at the congregation and I just knew enough about people and their point of view and their perspective and their background. Like some were sort of lean this way. Some would lean this way. Some kind of look at things this way politically. Some 
And I, I even then, for many years, tried to um, tried to work hard at really respecting each and every voice. Yeah. Um, you know, unless he's some absolute crazy that, you know, there's always going to be a 10% absolute crazy. There's 10% <laughs> crazy on the right, 10% crazy on the left. And yeah. then there's an 80% of people that can we, you know, that scripture in uh, Isaiah, you know, come let us reason together. Yes. Uh, which I used to also say that to my teenage daughter when she was a teenager. <laughs> when she wanted to date a certain guy, I'd be like, honey, come let us reason together, my dear. I love you. I love and, um, so that, that attitude of trying to convey sincere respect and openness, even though... And um, so I find that, you know, now that we've moved to New York about five years ago... Yeah. Um, it's, it's, you know, things politically you feel in the air. We're close to NYU. We see demonstrations at times. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of emotion. And some of yeah. it perhaps is, is uh, understandable. But uh, I'm just determined to try to not just be carried away with the emotion of the moment or the emotion of whatever the headline is of the week. Because oftentimes uh, a month passes and it's like, hey, so does anybody care about that issue anymore? Like, yeah. Everybody was all excited and emotional about that a month ago, and now yeah. we've kind of moved on. Yeah, and so can, so therefore, hey, let's let's try to solve some problems. Let's let's listen to one another. Let's see if we can listen to one another sincerely. If we can kind of get out of our our reflex yeah. mode, our auto, our reflex, our reactive mode to react against a certain point of view and um so it's been good it's been good and healthy yeah. for me to be around people that um well interesting i don't quite see it the same way tell me more tell me why yeah. you feel so strongly about that and and how did you arrive at that and uh so i just wanted to at least address that yeah because, i'm glad you um, did and i and i think you're navigate you navigate those waters quite well as i, I follow the things that you're saying and really respect that i you know as a church leader I think the the decision we have to make, uh, not just as leaders, but as Christians, would we rather win the argument or would we rather win the brother or the sister? I, and, uh, I, yeah, and, yeah. and you may not win both. You may not win both. You have to, sure, and, sure. and I, th- I think the Jesus way was he was going after the heart of that person, uh, you know, not, not, the, not the argument of the day. So, But the well, other I question— yeah, Sorry, but I love just the mere fact that his disciples, the 12 disciples, couldn't be more different. No, exactly. Right? Exactly. You've got, you got this tax collector guy, <laughs> and then you've got this fisherman guy that probably yeah. resented every yeah. time he had to bring in a fish, and, why well, yeah. i got to give up some of this money to that, <laughs> exactly. ta- to that corrupt guy over there. And, yeah. you know, I, I think That's just so the true. wisdom of Jesus to just walk with these 12 guys. Yeah. Uh, for those three years and uh, and what an impact he had on them. So no anyway, question. that's the model. Um, so, yeah, as far as the church, you know, um, I guess one observation I've that I've uh, noticed in, in myself and in others that um, that I've kind of communicated with. I've done a lot of sort of Sunday services, if you will, from my yeah. bedroom yeah. here in New York. And, yeah. uh, um, and you know, one of the interesting aspects is it's really taken away, those of us who are in music ministry, it's taken away a lot of the things that give us confidence yeah. and comfort, you know, uh, 
we find a lot of comfort and confidence when we're on the platform and our, yeah. our, our friends are to our left and our right. And we've got our strong bass player today and our the killer drummer on this week. And uh, or we've got our <laughs> singers just to the right over there. And, oh, man, this is going to be amazing. We look out yeah. and there's our some faces that we love. And we know these are this is family. These are yeah. our people. We love. Yeah. The, hey, good morning. Let's stand together. Yeah. And all of a sudden, <laughs> all of that is just poof. Gone. It's gone. Yeah. You know, again, and I think in a healthy way, in the, you know, the, to quote the old Matt Redman song, you know, when the music fades and yeah. all is stripped away and I simply come, longing just to bring something that's of worth, something that will bless your heart. Yes. Lord, I want to bring you more than a song because a song in itself is not what you require. You search much deeper within, you look through the way things appear, you're looking into my heart. So I'm coming back to a heart of worship. Yeah. It's all about you. And I love this. I'm sorry, Lord, for this thing I've yeah. made it. Yeah. And many of us, we've never we never intended to make a thing out of this, of what we get to do. What a joy. The, the, this this thing that we get to do every every week. Um uh, just corporate worship together with the body of Christ. Um and yet it's it's I think it's good. It's healthy for us to feel all those things taken away from us and to be kind of stripped when all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth. I think it's it, it's forced me and in my dialogue with other worship pastors, you know, you're you're in an empty room and yeah. you're, you're forced to feel sort of the raw um, aloneness, if yeah. you will, Um you know, do we really believe in this no. invisible God, the invisible, immortal, omniscient God that even though we're just in our bedroom or living room, wherever you sort of pre-record or wherever you perhaps live stream, you're looking into the green dot <laughs> on your on your computer. Yeah. And uh, not quite you know, the same effect, is it? <laughs> not at all. You're not getting no. any of that feedback, no, any of those none. things that give us comfort and confidence. That's so. Right. I don't want to ramble on. We'll give time for, you know, we can unpack this more. But I would just say that's my initial insight in that um, it's been good for us to feel this, that when it's all stripped away, can we still worship the Lord in what appears to be an empty room? And yet we know his presence is in this room with us right now in this moment. Can we just go over to our piano or pick up our guitar or just raise our voice and begin to sing out familiar choruses prayerfully to the Lord when there's not people, faces, right. flesh and blood right in yeah. front of us. So I, I like that. And just a one, just a tie of scripture that I love in uh, Matthew 6. Um, I love the way the King James says it. Jesus said, when ye pray, go into your closet and pray yeah. to your father in secret. Yeah. And I love that. Like, this is an opportunity for us to, when ye pray, when ye worship, go into your walk-in closet or go into that room where, and begin to pray and sing worship to your Father in secret. And I think yeah, there's something so powerful so about that. Yeah, you know, and I I mean, I've come to, to kind of think of it this way, that instead of thinking of this as something that has happened to us, maybe we can start to embrace this is something that has happened for us. That that God has actually allowed something in in this circumstance and a work a deeper work that He's doing in each individual's heart as we 
mm-hmm. as we walk through this. Like sometimes we feel like, man, this has just happened to me, and and I've I've lost and I've lost. If we could just ever embrace this is hap- something God has allowed to happen for me, for my benefit, right. for my for my good, for 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 His pleasure, right. and as I walk through it, and that's right. so good. So you mentioned something. I'm gonna, I'm going to give you the sixty four million dollar question. Okay. Because this is the question I'm getting, and I really wish you'd tell me the answer to it so I can answer all the people that are asking me this. Depending on what part of the country you're from, because different areas are handling it different ways. Some of the, some in some parts of the country, churches are starting to come back in small groups, and you know this area is doing it. Crowds less than fifty, and this area is doing it all the different ways. In some areas, I think New York, you guys probably aren't gathering back again yet. No, no. But but there's this second issue that has emerged, and that is this idea that singing is actually a super spreader of this virus. And I know guys, worship leaders that are grappling with this question, can we what do we do if we're gonna come together to worship and and the prevailing uh, advice is don't sing. As a matter of fact, I heard a press conference. There was a state governor that in his press conference said churches will begin to gather, but I'm going to ask you not to sing. Wow. So how in the world are we going to, what's the worship pastor going to do in this? Mm. Have you run into that question? Because this is a question I'm getting. What are we going to do if we not. can't sing? And then the And then the other half of that question is, Okay, you can come together and you can do some singing, but you can't have choir. Now, not every church has choir, but there are a lot of churches where choir is like a big part of what they do, right, a big part right. of the dynamic. And those churches are going to come back together. I was watching a video that a worship pastor down in Texas had made for his church explaining why they weren't going to have choir. Hmm. Because it's hmm. so maybe maybe you've already answered the question with that great lyric from Matt Redman. Uh, but what happens to worship? I mean, I've seen it all over the map. I've seen guys say, hey, we can't help it. We're going to sing. It's part of sure, our. Sure. And I've seen these other guys saying, but our governors ask us not to. I don't know. Drop some wisdom on me about that because I don't know how to answer the question. Well, I really don't. Where's Solomon when you need him? <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. Um, Right. Well, I am not a doctor, and um, you know I have read opinions, of course, on both sides, and I know that there can be a sort of a bravado of like, well, we're just going to do it this way, you know, yeah. or we're, um, you know, and we can't uh, help it. You know, we have to, whatever. Yeah. Right. Well, it'd be like saying you can gather to to worship, but don't pray. Don't pray out loud. Um, yeah. You know. It, it's kind of singing is so integral to Christian worship. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that just because I'm a, a worship pastor. It's all through the word. It's, it's yeah. worship and singing and praying are, are so uh, something we do together. So, you know, uh, if we if we can use a little bit of common sense and uh, and and try to strike strike that middle ground. My my instinct. I haven't had to deal with this, but I, when I think about a choir, instead of stacking them up, almost right on top of each other mm-hmm. on risers like we do, and the guy behind you is you know, <laughs> perhaps if he's asymptomatic and he's yeah. spewing it out. But I sort of have this picture. Of, but what if you're all sort of. Uh, you know, six feet apart, and you just create like this line. If there was a possibility of maybe having the choir um, 
down just on the where their back is to where the platform, let's say, but you're not yeah. you're still ten feet from the first row. Often oftentimes our churches there's a distance between the platform and the first couple rows. So yeah. maybe your choir instead of being behind, it's sort of in front and and you sort of create this one line uh wide, if you will, instead Space of stacking down. it deep. Yeah. I mean that's just a... Uh, we all have so just just practical. Some, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's great advice right, right. for. But let let's put our thinking caps on and and just think practically about how we could address I, some of the health concerns and some of the risks. I, I think but, so. I th- I yeah. think so, and I also appreciate that some people they're they're sort of like, hey, you know, I'm not worried about it, and I'm not going to wear a mask, and I'm not, you know. But and then there's other people that are very nervous, and they're especially I'm in New York. I mean, people are very uptight and very nervous, and yeah. um, when you're especially when you're in a store. So you know, um, I, I I could sort of go both ways. Personally, I'm grateful. I mean, I take a lot of vitamins. I've never had the flu in my life. I've yeah. I've never had a flu shot. Uh, but I also you know again I'm I'm thankful, but I don't want to take that for granted, and I don't want to like. Yeah. Um, I want to be considerate of those who, for whatever reason, they're very concerned. And um, so I think with a pastoral heart, let's think about the entire flock, if you will, the, all the people that we serve, and let's convey respect. And yeah. and if it's communicated, so the other thing I might do, if we're in order for us to sing, maybe we don't put people just right in front. Maybe we'd have our pews every six feet, there's a person, but then we maybe skip a pew, and then, yeah. um, you know, make sure you're not singing right in the back of someone's head, maybe, you know, maybe yeah. uh, space it so that, um, almost like a checkerboard, you know, you yeah. can see a chessboard, or a, ch- a checkerboard is the right word, where you sort yeah. of have it staggered, yeah. perhaps, so again, I'm brainstorming on the spot here, Mike. Yeah, I but those are good for- ideas, I, I just like the idea of thinking about it practically, and and you said something I think is the most important point. This is what I've tried to emphasize whenever I get asked a question like that. I think the most important point is for brothers and sisters to have an amazing amount of patience with each other. Yes. Uh, if I'm convinced I've got to have a mask on, and I'm convinced that you should too, but maybe you're convinced the opposite. As a matter of fact, I heard I heard today on the news that there's a new report out saying that masks are bad, so bad for you that you shouldn't do that. You know, so so depending on expert de jour, uh, to use <laughs> a French true. phrase, yes, uh, yes. and I know how much you love the French, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the one day everybody wear masks, the next day is nobody should wear masks, right. and, and everybody's right. going to feel different. I just think as believers in the body of Christ, we've got, we've got to be completely patient with one another, if if the right. other person feels differently than I do about this, yeah. uh, and I yeah. I think we can't let the enemy divide us over 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 how we how each individual feels convicted no. to handle this. We can't. No. We have to defer to one another. I, if we exactly. can find what that looks like in our in our setting, that's what we have to choose. That's good. That's good. It's a test of humility, really, yeah. on each of our. For all of us, are we willing to humble ourselves to, uh, we may feel so strong about a certain thing about not wearing a mask ever, and yet are we willing to humble ourselves for the sake of, uh, well, Paul talks about it, the Apostle Paul in Corinthians, the weaker brethren, or the weaker, not to even 
convey that they're weaker per se, but if they're insecure um, in this season, this is not going to be forever um, in this yeah. season. And maybe if you're, I think the it seems like the middle ground is if you're in close quarters, you wear the mask just just for the sake of the other person. But yeah. maybe there's an opportunity once you're all in place, you can drop that mask, yeah. you can sing out to the yeah. Lord, yeah. and you can just relax. You're there next to maybe your spouse or your family member or and then, you know, when you, it's time to, to rise up and, and exit the, you know, go out into the foyer, you know, maybe yeah. putting that mask back, on, back yeah. on until you get back into your car, at least for the short term. Yeah. Um, yes, but being willing to, to defer and to be patient with one another. I, I yeah, guess yeah. greeting one yeah. another with a holy kiss is completely out of the question at this <laughs> point. So <laughs> I think that's over. <laughs> I think so. I think... <laughs> The, the elbow bump seems to be the new high five, right? Yeah, for the, exactly. For, for the time being. Paul, before I let you go, and you've been so kind and gracious with your time today, I, I do want to talk about uh, Behold Him, uh, the project of yours that, uh, I guess, what, two months ago, perhaps, something like that, it, when it first Almost came out? two months out. ago. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And yeah. I was one of those people that saw the advanced promotion that it's coming it's coming and when it became available i grabbed it right away and have already enjoyed it um Hmm. talk talk about that project it's your new new collection of songs called behold him you've got some people that are guests on it with you you've got a couple of folks that sang with you on some songs and um, right right um but if you don't mind just give us your heart on that this particular project and and what God was saying and what you're excited about uh, this whole new group of songs that we're seeing from you. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for for listening to that and bringing that up. And, uh, you know, um, for the last 28 years, I mean, I, I signed with Integrity Music in 1992 and did my first <laughs> live wow. worship record. And and so here we are, you know, almost 30 years later. And uh you know, how do you keep it fresh as you're thinking about a new project, you know, maybe a year or two in advance, you're, you're, you're trying to collect songs you believe in, ideas as you're just living your, your life. Uh, oftentimes they rise up from prayer meetings or churches um, I'm, or when I'm leading worship, there, there's maybe a thought that comes yeah. to mind like, oh man, we need a song that says this, you know? Yeah. So, you know, you collect these ideas, these inspired ideas, and then you and I have been around long enough that we have the good fortune of um, of creating relationships over the years. So this particular album, every song is a co-write, and many of them are co-written with, you know, next generation writers. Yeah, I love that. So. So I love that, you know, it's to, to keep me from always maybe going yeah. to the same chord progression or the same lyric idea or something. It's It's been great to sort of, uh, you know, the, the that title cut, Behold Him, yeah. was written with a guy named Mitch Wong. He's uh, in his late 20s, a keyboard player from Australia, and we actually wrote that song over Skype. Wow, love it. And... And, you know, did that a few times. Benji Cowart wrote yes. uh, a song, the last song in the project, A Million Years. Uh, we wrote that over Skype, a few Skype sessions. Yeah. Um, that I find is something you can do quite uh, quite well, especially during this pandemic. Um, you know, writing can continue. Um, mm-hmm. Other co-writes with Brenton Brown and one mm-hmm. with Matt Redman. Um, just guys that I've known over the years. We've written together in the past and... 
Um, you look for an opportunity. Hey, I'm going to be at this event. You're going to be at that event. Maybe we can break away yeah. for a few hours and maybe begin get some ideas started. And um, so, yeah, um, I don't want to just drop a bunch of names, but yeah, I'm, I'm really blessed that just the willingness of some of these uh, gals too, um, not just guys. Uh, Leslie Jordan of, yeah. uh, used to be with All Sons and Daughters, wrote a song together, and then. Uh, Carrie Job was willing to jump yeah. on a song and sing it, uh, a song that my wife Rita and I wrote together, um, and finished with Jason Ingram. And Carrie was so gracious to jump yeah. in there and sing the song with me. And uh, Kim Walker Smith, yeah. who's just such a powerhouse, just spiritually yes. and, and and musically. The song was finished, and I loved where it was. And I just I've gotten to know her a bit in the last few years, and thought, well, I wonder if Kim would would be willing to, to sing on this. And I feel like she just took that song to another oh, yeah. level. It's great. Every song, you know how it is. You've worked on projects. Every song is intentional. It's it's meant to be where it is on the album. It's mm-hmm. The album is meant to, to be like a journey, that first initial song, that initial statement. I love it. Uh, what, yep. what a good God. And then, you know, as you listen, th- you go through the, the songs, then um, it's very intentional. So, Well, it's a yeah. great project. I... Um, I uh, that What a Good God song that starts the record, uh, I've had it in my heart to want to say that to the Lord in this season. Um, hmm. uh, I, I co-wrote, I write a lot of times with Dave Clark. Yeah, I know you know Dave. And Dave, mm-hmm. Dave and mm-hmm. I finished a song a few weeks ago called um, God is Doing Something Good. Hmm. Uh, and it's intended to, doesn't really come out, it's not really talking about COVID-19 per se, but it's just saying that that when we don't even see what he's doing, when we don't even mm-hmm. understand what he's doing, we know, but we know this: God is doing something good, and Amen. and uh, and just resting in that. And when I saw that, when I and maybe what a good God might have inspired me to think be thinking that way because I'd heard that song. But but uh, mm-hmm. the power mm-hmm. of taking the motive and and hopefully very theological. Um, Viewpoints that bubble up in our hearts as people just trying to walk with the Lord, and then trying to find an artistic way to express that in, yeah. in ways that people can grab onto and be impacted by. And I don't know anybody that does that any better than God's allowed you to do it. Um, and 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 you know, I, your 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 projects like this one, I find myself putting them on early in the morning and just working to them all day long. Uh, you know, just just allowing that those songs to kind of bathe over my day, um, and mm, and good. I have enjoyed behold him in that very same way. I, I, mm. And of course, a lot of your a lot of your projects have been mm. that for me. Thanks, man. Um, so I'm just grateful for you, Paul. I'm grateful for you, Pastor. Me, you pastor a lot of people, and you're such an encouragement and blessing. And uh, I appreciate mm. it. Before I let you go. Our audience is primarily, I think I do this to you every time we talk, um, but our audience is primarily worship pastors. That's who listens mm. to the Worship Life podcast. Mm. So if you would, just just speak a blessing over those leaders' lives today as they close out our time. A lot of them work out to my podcast. I hear about that all the time. About the, you know, I'm running. Somebody's probably uh-huh. in the third and a half mile right now Amazing. listening to this. Uh, or they're on a treadmill somewhere. Or where, or they may be driving somewhere. But just, uh-huh. just speak kind of a blessing over their lives yeah. before we let you go today. Yeah, well, may we, all of us, I include myself, if you don't mind, that um, yes, please. May, may we just remind our hearts that um, if we never did 
anything else for the Lord, if we never wrote another song, if we never led worship uh, at another service, that we are God's kids. We are his sons and daughters, not because of anything we've done. It's because of what he's done. And may we just learn to just take a deep breath and rest in that one more time. Just kind of settle into that and, and let that be our identity. Just, Lord, we just acknowledge that today, that our highest Yes. Identity is that we are your son, we are your daughter. Uh, um, we're just thankful. We just rest in that. It's by your grace, and it's not by anything we've done. So we just give you thanks. We give you praise. We thank you out of that. Thank you for your forgiveness in our life. Yes. Thank you for your mercy towards us. Thank you that in, in mm. times of uncertainty like this, we can still say that you are good. Yes, you are faithful. We look back and see each time. You've, you've shown yourself to be faithful every time, time and time again. Amen. So we just uh, give you thanks for that. And then, but also that thank you that in addition to being your son or daughter, that thank you that we do get to work in the kingdom, that you've mm. given us work to do in your kingdom on while we're on this planet for this very short time span, that you've allowed us to be part of your kingdom work. And uh, thank you that we get to do what we do, that we get to prayerfully think about what songs or what message or what scripture we're going to pull together and how we're going to creatively serve the people that you've called us to serve each and every week, whether it's across a screen like this or live streaming or pre-recorded or once again when we're in person. Thank you that we get to do this, Lord. Yes. And I just pray that you would uh, continue to inspire us and remind us of what a privilege it is that we get to serve you and serve others and to remind people of who you are and what the things that you've done, the things that you're doing now and what your promises are in the future. And so we, once again, just surrender our hearts to you afresh with a grateful heart, God, and say, Jesus, in your name, Amen. come and fill our hearts today. Lord, give us strength to live for you and that we would glorify your name. Amen. Amen. Well, we certainly hope you've enjoyed this conversation between Mike Harland and Paul Balash, one of the truly legendary songwriters and worship leaders in our industry. And it's so wonderful to see the heart behind some of these great songs that so many of us have sung for so many years. What a rich, rich, rich discussion it was. We hope you enjoyed it. We'd love to hear from you, your feedback, your comments. Email us, worship at lifeway.com. We read those. We also want to know how to pray for you. And that's a great place where you can share prayer requests. You can visit the lifewayworship.com website or lifeway.com slash worship or worshiplife.com. You can find us out there on the internet, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you like to interact. Lifeway Worship is there. Until next time for the Worship Life Podcast with Mike Harland, I am Brian Brown saying thanks for joining us and we'll be back together to talk about worship and music in ministry very soon.